Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Happy afternoon to you, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios here at Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us on kind of a rainy, overcast afternoon here in South Mississippi. Lee Roberts is about to join us. Heath Hinton on the show later as well, as well as Kelly Sander and Two tickets and two Eagle Hour T-shirts are going to some Eagle Hour listener. Uh, be listening a little later in the program for a trivia question, and we'll give you a phone number to call if you're the first guy to get the trivia question or gal and uh, give us a call. We'll get you two T-shirts and two tickets to Saturday night's game against Troy University. Lee Roberts, former great quarterback for the Golden Eagles and a color analyst for the radio network. And, Lee, before we get to the ball game. Uh, the dedication Saturday of the Jeff Bauer Academic Center, and I know that's who you played for. Uh, a really kind of a, a great day for really a great figure in Southern Miss football history. No, it, it really was, and uh, you know, super proud of the the group that came out. Uh, I know a lot of former athletes drove in from, you know, even as far as like Atlanta, Georgia, to to make it happen on Saturday, and just a uh, you know shout out to the administration and. You know, from Dr. Bennett down to Dr. McLean, I mean, Jeremy McLean, Brian Morrison, everyone that had a hand in putting that together. Uh, and it goes even way back before uh, Jeremy McLean. It was something back that uh, even Bill McGillis, you know, had, had talks of. So a, a lot of years and hard work put in to finally it all coming to fruition. And, and obviously last year this was something that, you know, some of the student-athletes were able to take advantage of. But for it to be an official ceremony, and the way they concluded it on Saturday and conducted it, it was it was really really good. And for a special man, a guy that really wanted you to to be a great athlete, but before that, he wanted you to be a great student. And uh, not a, not a perfect uh, you know perfect example there. What Coach Bauer really meant to Southern Miss. Absolutely. Now, Lee, when you were the quarterback, there was no controversy. You were the man. But if you read social media since Saturday, boy, there's a lot of folks that want a quarterback controversy since we finally saw Ty Keys and, and Trey Lowe both in the same night. Uh, any update you have on on the injury uh, to the starting quarterback? And, 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 Lee Roberts, do we have a quarterback controversy at Southern Miss? You know, I'll say this. You know, when they named Trey Lowe the starter last spring, I felt like there was no question – that he would be our starter, you know, game one until. Uh, obviously, everybody knows what Ty Keys brings. Uh, you know, Mr. Uh, football for three years, three state championships at, at Taylorsville High School, a young man that really can compete. But I'll say this. I mean, Trey Lowe hasn't had a, a great game in game one or game two. Uh, Saturday, obviously, when he left the game, he was 10 of 13 passes, I think 99 yards. You know, so respectable, throwing the ball well. I mean, we had some drops. Um, but what he had done, he had conducted the offense, and he had become the leader of that offense, and people really started to, to buy into him. He really bought into Will Hall's program. 
but then the chance uh, when when he left the game and or didn't return after halftime with a mid foot sprain, uh, it gave way for uh, Ty Keys to have the opportunity to get under center and uh, really run the offense. And uh, again, Ty didn't throw the ball great. He did have a nice touchdown pass there uh, in at the end of the game or late in the game. But you know what he did do is is really run the ball well and um, just an athlete back there in the backfield and. Uh, whether there's controversy or not, I feel like if you're a Southern Miss fan, you've got to be pleased seeing the number one and number two guy uh, having some success on the field. All right, Lou, get in here with uh, Lee Roberts. Lee, let's uh, let's talk more about uh, whether or not Trey would have had the second half had he stayed injury-free. I think we would still would have success simply because the uh, the offensive line began to wear down Grambling. We we saw what Frank Gore is capable of. Uh, just uh, you know, a couple jukes away from hitting a home run. That's the type of guy he is. What do you think of offensive line, particularly in the second half, and, and Gore Junior.'s performance? I'm going I'm to I'm just say one more thing real quick on the uh, the trade low. You know, I think a lot of people, when they saw Tykes come in that second half, they felt like it was a quarterback change. But it was it was an injury, so just want to make sure that was clear, that it was not a decision made as a quarterback change. But, yes, whether, whoever would have been back there would have been successful because, one, you mentioned that Frank Gore, wow, I'm glad he's an eagle. That's all I can say is uh, – very, very impressive what he was able to do. Um, you know, last week, 100 yards all-purpose. You know, this week, 165 yards running, also catching the ball out of the backfield, just uh, doing all the little things you need to to be very successful, and, and he's going to be fun to watch. And then, obviously, Richard uh, jumping in there to give you know, some fresh legs, too. So the running game is happening, and we're very, very proud of that. And it comes with Coach Darva, what he's been able to do with that offensive line. Those guys are continuing to work. They're getting better each and every week. And, and that's what it's going to take. We're going to need that front five and really, you know, eight to ten of those guys so they have the opportunity to rotate in, and rotate in as well. But uh, open up, you know, run holes and, uh, you know, keep the pass rushers out to protect the quarterback will be a key all year long. You're talking about DeJohn Richard, uh, redshirt freshman transferred in from Hines Community College. He was a guy who didn't even get a carry, um, you know, against South Alabama, but eight carries, I believe, for 76 yards uh, against Grambling. So he had moved up on the depth chart. In, in the receiving core, a guy that um, we, we knew would probably fly under the radar preseason, but he led the Eagles four catches for 50 yards. Jacarius Caston, I believe, also um Came in from uh, from where he came from Hines, I believe, and with with Richard, but he's made a, a big splash. He made a nice catch on the sideline when Trey Crow Trey uh, or when when Ty Key scrambled. So Caston, uh, another one of those guys. When if if they're doubling Brownlee, he's a guy that can get open on the edge. No, you're absolutely right, and uh, you know, offensively they have the one two punch in the backfield. You know, with Gore and Richard is is huge, and yeah, guys to step up because. Again, Brownlee is gonna—he's gonna continue to get double covered all year long. And you know, last week Caston had a couple nice catches, and then even Saturday had a really, really big day. And uh, for sure, he's gonna be a guy that whoever the quarterback is going forward will need to step up. And again, I, this is a team that is loaded with talent at the wide receiver position. I mean, I think they dress about eight wide receivers or nine wide wide receivers, and. You know, uh, but the, I'd say the top four or five are extremely, extremely talented and casting really stepping up for sure. 
All right, Lee, you've been on that field a lot before. How do you how do you go from playing a team with all due respect to Grambling, a team that you pretty much look as a win when you put them on the schedule, and then you the competition really steps up this week with Troy University coming in. As a player, how do you adapt to what you know is going to be much better competition? You know, last week, this team, they approached the week as it just being all about them, you know, taking care of the things that they needed to. And and, and I really think you kind of have to have that mindset, whoever you're playing. I mean, because if you're not mentally prepared, if you're not physically prepared and you're not taking care of yourself, then you're not going to perform. And um, so I felt like the approach last week really paid off on how we competed and played against Grambling. And again, it, it took us offensively, you know, three quarters to really try to get something going. But you're right, oh, Troy is going to be a, a different team, a team that's coached by Chip Lindsay, a guy that knows this program, was the offense coordinator here. Uh, he knows Southern Miss, a lot of, a lot of connections uh, between Troy and Southern Miss, and obviously a, a regional matchup will be uh, one to, to keep your eye on for sure. But, you know, Troy's a, Troy's a team that, that definitely can play, and Southern Miss is going to have to, one, make sure they take care of the things that they need to, but two, uh, really step things up, and, and I think they will. They've got some confidence now. Obviously, game one, the loss was very, very tough. They overcame that with a big shutout win, gave Coach Hall his first win last week, and you know, obviously defense coordinator Austin Armstrong, a, a shutout in his first win at the Rock, too. It's pretty amazing, but uh, week, week two at the Rock, game three for Southern Miss will be different, and so we'll need everyone coming out supporting these Eagles, but I feel like uh, if they can do what they need to, they will be very, very uh, successful Saturday. About 30 seconds left, but your impressions of the atmosphere at the game Saturday night, the crowd, that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I thought it was great all the way around. And, and again, Brad Smith with marketing for Southern Miss Athletics has done a tremendous job, he and his staff. And you know, everything from what took place, we talked about the Bauer Academic Center to uh, all the different atmospheres, Spirit Park, having, having Adam Doliak there. And then, of course, the crowd. I felt like it was a really, really good crowd, have a chance to have even better crowd here this week. So hopefully that'll be the case. All right, Lee, we always appreciate your input. Uh, love having you on the Eagle Hour. Look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, sounds good, guys. Appreciate what you do. Lee Roberts, everybody, great quarterback at Southern Miss. All right, write this phone number down, 601-264-5185. 601-264-5185. A little later in the show, Luke is going to come up with a great trivia question. He's going to ask you. And the first person to call that number, 601-264-5185. You win a pair of tickets to the Troy game Saturday night and two Eagle Hour t-shirts to wear. We'll be right back. Heath Hinton's next. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Lee Roberts for joining us in the first segment of the show. We also want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit, great supporters of the Eagle Hour, a great place for you to call this week and get your tailgate set up with delicious Dickie's Barbecue and then jump right across the street to uh, Campus Bookmark 
Pick up uh, the latest Southern Miss swag, the word of the game, campusbookmart.net, Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, Dickie's Barbecue Pit, two great supporters of the Eagle Hour. We hope you'll do business with both. Heath Hinton is the proprietor, owner, and operator of Big Gold Nation website. He's the, go- the go-to guy for inside information. That's why we have him on the Eagle Hour. So I'm going right to you, Heath. Degree of injury for Trey Lowe. Who's going to start at quarterback in your estimation Saturday night? Well, uh, right now, Southern Miss is, uh, there's no comment on the situation. Uh, they're not giving anything out, but I mean, you just deduce what we saw, crutches, boots, uh, probably, you know, not something that you're going to get over with in a few days. So I would expect to see Ty Keys this weekend. All right. So Ty Keys, there was a lot of hubbub about him. Saw a lot of stuff on social media. I'm sure you did, too. People got really excited about that. But have we seen enough out of this kid against a team like Grambling to predict how good he's going to be able to play uh, against a team like Troy? Look, let's give him some credit. When he came in, Southern Miss moved the ball. Uh, Of course, majority of that was on the ground. And, you know, he did run the read option and got some yards. But you're not going to beat Troy doing that. You're not going to be Troy going four for 11 uh, passing. Uh, it, that's just, this is a good football team. This is a team that held Liberty to 21 points. And Liberty's explosive on offense. Um, this is a good team coming in. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough challenge for uh, Ty. Uh, you know, can he come in and light it up? I, sure. But it, I don't want people to get overexcited and try to put too much pressure on a freshman coming in at quarterback who, you know, got here and got here midsummer. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. And I'm not sure he didn't hit. I don't think he's ever taken a snap under the under center in high school. That's part of Will Hall's offense. So there's a lot of adjusting that's going to have to take place. Um, I just don't want people to put too much on it and think he's going to go out there and throw for 250 and run for 100. This is a very good – this is not grambling they're playing. This is not a worn-out grambling team in the second half they're playing. But if the defense shows up and plays like they did against grambling, uh, good things can happen for Southern Miss. All right, Luke, get in here with Heath. Heath, I'm just looking at the the Troy game from last week against Liberty. I'm also looking at the South Alabama game against uh, Bowling Green that South Alabama won. It's kind of interesting. Last week, offensively, uh, Malik Willis and Hugh Freeze offense only threw for 154, but Liberty as a team ran for 231, which I think, based off what you just said, bodes well for the Golden Eagles. On the other hand, uh, Bowling Green on uh, against South Alabama rushed for a measly nine yards and and threw for 308. The reason I'm saying is it seems as if uh, both of those situations who the Eagles have played in the first two weeks and who they're going to play this week, the strength of the Golden Eagle team right now with Frank Gore and the offensive line, it seems as if based off Troy's defense, there won't be that much pressure for him to make plays with his arms. You would think not, but I would also add that even, you know, with Troy playing Liberty like that and the rushing, you know, Troy's going to stack the box against Southern Miss. They're going to make Tykees beat them with his arms. So, 
you know, he's going to have to make completions down the field. He's going to have to make his reads. So, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I also look at the probably the game plan. They're looking at film. They're going to stick seven in the box and make him make him beat them throwing the football. One thing Troy is good at is uh, getting after the quarterback. Against Ellis last week, uh, or Willis, I should say, Malik Willis, uh, who's probably going to be a top-ten pick in the NFL draft, very mobile, and you you know the schemes they run at Liberty. Troy still had five sacks uh, on Malik Willis, which uh, does kind of bode quite a problem. What do you think the Eagles are going to have to do, Will Hall's going to have to do offensively, the balance of a young quarterback not overwhelming him with an offensive plan, but getting him in space uh, to try to offset uh, what you said, stack in the box and try to stop Frank Gore Jr.? I think you've got to simplify things for him. I think you've got to uh, curtail the game plan. I think you have to do things that get the ball get the uh, ball in the hands of your play, playmakers rather quick. If it's bubble screens, if it's uh, you know the little pitch that we saw Alvin Kamara, uh, that's an actual quote unquote pass we saw Alvin Kamara uh, run for the Saints in their win over the Packers. Um, you're going to have to see quick quick passing game, quick stuff. Get him comfortable early and then see what happens. But I think you're going to have to curtail the offense a little bit and try to work it around what Ty can do, which is he's very mobile. And if you can get him going, get him outside the pocket, give him a couple of reads to make outside the pocket, uh, then you can simplify the game for him. And he can also develop during the game that could build confidence for him. Heath, this is a big game for Will Hall, and I say it for this reason. Obviously, everybody expected to beat Grambling. No one expects to beat Alabama. But Troy are the kind of teams – Troy is the type of team that when this coaching staff came in, everybody's expectations rose and, you know, we'll beat teams like this. I just think that this is a a big measuring stick for for where this, this new program is at right now. I think so as well, but I think also, once again, it, it, this is a process. And I think Coach Hall kind of addressed it in the press conference. Look, we're building here. Um, it, it may take – ta- I think it's going to take more time than maybe he thought. But they're building. They're getting the right athletes in. But you're right. I mean, this is also a recruiting deal. You've already gotten beat by South Alabama. You recruit against Troy. This is a recruiting battle game once again. Right. So is when you play UAB. Uh, I mean, later on, this is a recruiting game, and that's what makes these games big. When you're talking about teams that are relatively close together, it's 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 all about the recruiting at that point, and recruits see that. Yeah, four games against Alabama-based schools. You need to win a couple of these games if you're going to go over there and recruit. That's right. You've got to go over there and, and, and make some noise. Uh, but, look, you can also, if you're a good enough recruiter, you can get by that, and Will Hall is a great recruiter. So you don't want to put all your eggs in that basket. But it's like you told me when going into recruiting, you know, you, you kind of want to grow, go into a recruit's house with an ace in your back pocket instead of no cards at all. Right. So it's, uh, you know, yeah, these games would go a long way into uh, recruiting and making inroads. Well, about, in in Alabama. about two and a half minutes left. I don't want you to get away without commenting on what we were discussing yesterday. 
this article that came out of a publication on the East Coast that talked about, uh, I guess it was was it James Madison, Southern Miss, Marshall, headed to the Sun Belt Conference. You're, is there any validity to this, in your opinion? Uh, I don't. I don't think there's much validity uh, in it right now. I haven't heard anything official out of Southern Miss. I mean, you hear the rumblings and rumors. I've had people call me. But until, you know, I can get something out of somebody at Southern Miss, I'm going to call it rumblings and rumors. Um, or somebody associated close to the situation, let me say. Right. Um, but, you know, you look at Conference USA, and I know people, you know, there's a lot of pride at Southern Miss, and there's a lot of pride in that Southern Miss is one of the uh, more known uh, group of five schools. But when you look at the Sun Belt, you look at what they've done in football, you look at how proactive they've been in promoting themselves. they got a good president. <clears throat> uh, that's a big step. Uh, they they do such a good job as in getting TV deals. They're... Their TV deal now is probably a little better than Southern than uh, Conference USA. Uh, yes, they play on Wednesdays, but back when Conference USA was really rolling, so did Conference USA. Uh, sometimes you have to make that sacrifice and play those week games to help get your conference uh, going. Uh, you look at Appalachian State, ooh la la. Uh, I mean, there's, <laughs> ooh, la, there's la. teams there. There's teams there uh, that are really played. Coastal Carolina. You're talking teams that are doing well that nobody in Conference USA besides maybe UAB can say they're doing as well as they are, and I'm not even sure they can say they're doing as well as Coastal or Ooh La La or Appy State. So I think sometimes we need to take a step back and go, is the Sun Belt uh, a better place for Southern Miss to be? It probably is, more regional. Baseball would still be really good. People need to realize that. Baseball would be really good. Basketball would um, basketball wouldn't take a hit in the Sun Belt. It's going to be easier to schedule games, more regional games means more people can go to the road contest. I just think it, it even though it's rumored, if you're looking at the situation, I think the Sun Belt's a good fit for conference for Southern Miss. I really do. All right, Heath and everybody, Big Gold Nation, uh, stay tuned to that website for the latest news and information about Southern Miss athletics. Thank you, Heath. Talk to you next week, brother. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful week. All right. When we come back, Kelly Sanders is going to join us. We're going to have the trivia question. 601-264-5185 is the number you need to have handy. Luke, back with the trivia question of the day right after this break. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Lee Roberts and Heath Hinton joining us in our first two segments on the Eagle Hour. Heath, uh, the proprietor of uh, Big Gold Nation, southernmiss.rivals.com. Sign up today. You can be an insider with Big Gold Nation. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you today and every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Uh, opportunity last night to watch a great Monday night football game. Whether you watched uh, the normal broadcast or uh, with Peyton and Eli like I chose to. It was a great game last night. All that was at 4th Street Bar and Grill every week watching Monday night football. They had lasagna today. 
And they got a sh- new chef. His name is Luke. And so I'm already digging whatever they put out. But anyway, Chef Luke over at 4th Street Bar and Grill with Slade White and our whole crew. And uh, their whole crew, and, and uh, we're on board with them. They're on board with us. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob, give us the number again to call here in just a moment when I give the trivia question. All right, 601-264-5185. Here it is. Trivia question. Call in. Uh, first caller will win what again, Bob? Uh, they're going to get two tickets to the Troy football game Saturday night and two Eagle Hour t-shirts to wear to the game. 601-264-5815. Here we go. 5185. 5185-5185. 5185-5185. Here it is. The last time a Golden Eagle wide receiver went for 200-plus receiving yards was against Troy in 2019. Who was it? The last time a Golden Eagle wide receiver went for 200-plus receiving yards was against Troy in 2019. Who was it? Call now. Bob will take your correct answer, and you can win two tickets to the Troy game and Eagle Hour tickets. Kelly Sander joins us, and Kelly will pick up where we left off uh, with Heath Hinton. Um Talking about the Sun Belt, more from uh, you on the Sun Belt situation, possible Southern Miss. All right, Luke, we've got a winner. Incredible. What? Uh, so, who's the winner? All right, it, uh, it's Lloyd Stringer of Pedal. And uh, he had the right answer, Quez Watkins. And uh, we really do appreciate him calling in so quickly. So, we do have a winner. Congratulations, sir. 2019, Quez Watkins. Seven catches for 209 yards and two touchdowns. Ask that one because he wasn't the only one. He went over 200, but Jalen Adams actually in that game, 11 catches for 180 yards. Jalen also had a 100-yard kickoff return, and the Golden Eagles uh, that night went uh, not only for 47 points, but went for 626 yards of total offense. So congratulations uh, to our winner. Thanks for participating in the uh, in the quiz. For quiz. So anyway, back to uh, back to Kelly Sander. Kelly, uh, what more can you tell us about the Sun Belt? Hi, right, Kelly. You with us? Kelly, you there? Oak oh, Grove Packet Store. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to uh, back to the Sun Belt. What uh, what what can you bring us uh, about possible Southern Miss? Or oh, seems okay. like right now it's just a bunch of smoke, no fire. Yeah, and I tell you, I love I love working the phones on stories like this. Right, as if you probably couldn't tell yesterday. But on the phone uh, yesterday with a lot of sources from James Madison and Old Dominion, and here's here's kind of a, the. Let me give you the bottom line first. For what we know at this point, this is a hook that James Madison has kind of thrown into the water to see if it gets any bites. Okay, James Madison is, is the moving force behind this. It's the one AA powerhouse in football, as we talked about yesterday. A lot of the insiders at James Madison think that the money at James Madison thinks that there's nothing more to prove in one AA. So they, that there's, a, there's a significant part of the fan base, particularly with some money, that wants to move to 1A, okay? Now, when Old Dominion used to be in the same conference with James Madison, both schools, from what I'm hearing, would love for them to be back in a conference somewhere. Now, Old Dominion's complaint with Conference USA right now 
is that when Old Dominion got into the conference, it was it had much higher status with Memphis and some other schools being in Conference USA. Well, those schools quickly left when Old Dominion came in. So Old Dominion, some of the fans there, and again, none of this is from none of this is from the president's office of either school. So please understand that. All right, but the fan base have been saying that they feel like they've been sold a bill of goods that they didn't get what Conference USA had promised when Old Dominion came into the league. So both of these schools, from a fan base standpoint, would love to be back in a conference together. They were natural rivals there in the, in the western part of the state of Virginia, and they would love for that to happen. They would also like for it to happen because it would become much more of a regional uh, conference where now, as we've talked about, part of the problems with Conference USA is you're going all the way from Huntington, West Virginia, all the way to El Paso. So certainly from a geographic standpoint, that's the way they'd like it to work. Furthermore, James Madison has a state-of-the-art, brand-new stadium for football. They have a brand-new, nearly 9,000-seat basketball coliseum, which is also state-of-the-art and brand-new. But a lot of the money that has put money into those projects really don't feel that they're going to get the national exposure at the 1AA level like they would at 1A. And even though Jeremy McLean on our program, even I think a couple of years ago, said that you know he really didn't think at that time that the Sun Belt would be you know a lateral mover, maybe even a step down. And and I talked to the people at, at Old Dominion about that in particular, and they said that, that that they agreed with that if that statement was made a year, year and a half ago. But that the NCAA landscape has changed, and they think that the Sun Belt is also an, a, more of an attractive option than Conference USA. Interesting that they pointed to the lack of leadership. That's the exact terminology they used, the lack of leadership at Conference USA, that apparently they're just going to sit still and let this boat continue to take on water. So stay tuned. That's the latest from James Madison and, and Old Dominion, you know, as part of this possible move to the Sun Belt. But it is rumor, as Luke just said, and it appears, from what we know at this point, it is a hook that James Madison has thrown into the water to see um, if anybody will bite. Hmm. Interesting stuff. It make, makes sense be, because you, you break down just that, that. What surprised me was if you say those four schools, where's UAB in that talk? And so if you read into that more, then you got to think, well, UAB's a lock for the American. But there's nothing coming out that UAB would, would move to the American. The, the because problem, what we've been hearing from the American is that they would, you know, they would go after Georgia State because of Atlanta, and they would go after Army because of the the national brand. So, yeah, I, I, if if there would have been multiple outlets saying it, but to your point, I mean, it's just like it's coming from just one school. You would think other people, if there was a, a mix in the water, you would hear it from three or four different directions. And we, and we talked yes, we talked yesterday about how. You know, the, a- the AAC would take a huge financial commitment. It's like a $5 million buy-in, all right, just to get in. And then it's not just a one-time deal. You're going to have to continue to up that budget as time goes on. So it's, it's not just a, a short-term investment where you could go to some of the, the big guys that stroke the checks and say, look, we just need $5 million to get in. It's $5 million to get in, and the ante is really high to continue to continue to stay in the league. So that's what's problematic with the AAC. Well, we, you know, this is of great interest to listeners. We, uh, I got a long message last night from a very loyal listener, Kelly, who, who just he's not for going to the uh, Sun Belt. He believes there's a lot more money to be made in the AAC. But as I explained to him, 
And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that conference has expressed any interest whatsoever in Southern Miss. No, but again, if, if, if you really talk to some people, you know, the upper echelon of the Southern Miss financial backers, again, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing that they wouldn't necessarily not like to see happen. But, I mean, you know, I'd like to drive a Maserati, but I can't afford one, you know. Um, I'm close. But I can't afford one. <laughs> yeah, you did sell that cane break estate, and put all the domestic help out of work. But that's that's for another show to talk about. So I, I think it might be a situation where Southern Miss would like to be the AAC. But realistically, is it a long-term financial commitment that you could make when trends of finances are not necessarily going up, especially with attendance and stuff? Uh, you know, not really making huge strides forward. So I just think it would be too big of a financial commitment to make long-term. But while we're on the subject of, uh, of attendance, I don't know if you have checked some of the attendance of other games across the country. Last week, one of the Pac-12 games had 27,000 people. A Pac-12 game. Right. 27,000. So Southern Miss is, is right in line as far as that game. Right. They'd love to see every seat full. Kelly's going to hang around with us. We're going to talk about that great football game that was on TV last night. We want to congratulate Lloyd Stringer of Pedal. He's the winner of tickets and T-shirts, and we're going to do that every day this week. So uh, don't give up. If you didn't get through today, don't give up. We'll have a trivia question every day this week, give you tickets. See the Golden Eagles and Troy this Saturday night at The Rock. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on the Tuesday. This Tuesday, September 14th, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Training on the right, instruction in baseball and softball on the left. Right there on Hardy Street, dbathattiesburg.com is the website. Always something going on. Pro Shop, Easton, Rawlings, all the latest gear, batting machines, pitching machines, great instruction, and uh, a 70 yard indoor turf facility. All at DBAT and D1 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Golden Eagle golf team in an absolutely great position today, right now at the Jim Rivers Intercollegiate over in Louisiana, hosted by Louisiana Tech. Southern Miss in third place right now out of 21 teams. Southern Miss has shot as a, as a team. 12 under uh, right now in round three. They're five under, just trailing LSU and UTSA. Hunter Atkins, senior Hunter Atkins from West Point, Mississippi right now, is number two overall. He's uh, just a stroke behind Sam Murphy's. Hunter Atkins shooting two under today. He's at nine under and uh, is now on hole 15. So the Eagles with an opportunity to, to finish in the top three as a team and possibly uh, Hunter Atkins could possibly medal, be the medalist for that tournament. So great stuff um, from them. Luke, Bob, and Kelly, before we talk a little NFL, guys, I wanted to bring this to our, to our attention. Um, you know, I was one of those guys that proposed in my last game at M.M. Roberts Stadium. Wasn't supposed to happen. 
Um, I was supposed to propose the week before at Memphis. Had a really good game, five touchbacks. Like, man, I had like 48-yard average. Coach Bauer even let me through a pass. And the reason that's in my mind is because I knew I had to propose at the end of the game. We, we got beat with a couple minutes to go. I kicked an onside kick. We didn't get it. We lose. So we pushed off the proposal to the next week. Terrible, terrible. Kelly and Bob, you know what happened at, uh, in, in Tallahassee, Jacksonville State. Uh, Jacksonville State upsets Florida State on a Hail Mary, and offensive lineman Brady Scott decides to propose anyway. Kelly Sander, bad form with uh, the picture kneeling before your girlfriend with the uh, FCS school celebrating in the background. Well, probably so, but again, you're not really talking to a guy who has a very expert opinion on something <laughs> like this, because any, any woman with a lick of sense is not going to talk to me, period. Uh, so, I just thought Bob you knew would, what was good form and bad form. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would think that that's bad form. I think you probably should have held it you know, for the week like, like you did. Uh, but, if, but if Florida State continues to struggle, that might be a, quite a wait. Yeah, he, he, he might not have thought own. they would win all year. Right. Yeah, correct. So, so Luke, we know your beautiful little wife. You actually, you actually dumped a week of her life away from being proposed to over a football game. She never knew it. She never knew that I was going to propose at Memphis. Well, what did she think when she discovered what you had done? I mean, she was what she was amazed that it didn't leak out because there was all this family that was at the Memphis game and the pressure next week because we were five and five going into Tulane, so the winning streaks on the line, the winning season streaks on the line, and Coach Bauer said, "Man, we got pressure this week." You know, after the fact, he said, "Man, we had a lot of pressure." And guys were asking me, "What happens if we lose a Tulane?" That is right. What would have happened? What would have happened? I said she's not going to get proposed to, and so Dustin Allman and the Coley twins, everybody, uh-huh. man, they they said they had to win, and, and we did. You wouldn't have yeah, done, well, you, you would have course, done you, that. You put, her in a, you put her in a situation where she had to say yes. Right. You what know? was she going to uh, say? No, right. Yeah. Exactly. She's other expressed than, that to me privately, by the way, Kelly. And, and other than Tony <laughs> Soprano standing behind her. Uh, well, she did say, what was I, what was I supposed to do? There was a whole crowd there. I had told her, I told her earlier that year that Darren McCaleb and I had played too much golf, so there was no money in the ring fund. And so that bought me some time as well. <laughs> Hey, and you guys, a special shout-out to the Alcorn State Braves today. I don't know if you saw this story breaking on footballscoop.com, but the Braves have not been able to practice football because they don't have an athletic trainer. The, the one trainer that they had to take care of all those football players at Alcorn State has contracted COVID and so now is, is out of the loop. And apparently – all the other healthcare professionals up in the Lorman area are tied up dealing with COVID type issues. So the Braves, they can't even practice football. They couldn't practice yesterday. They couldn't practice today. And they're going down to play South Al Saturday in, in Mobile. This coming off an exciting win over Northwestern State. The Braves beat Northwestern State in the last seconds of the game Saturday. But I mean, Come on. Uh, fund those schools properly. Fund those yeah. schools properly. I mean, uh, get those guys some help. Well, we promoted this, but we've run out of time. If you didn't see the Monday night football game, that's what makes the NFL the NFL or games like that last yep. night exhilarating. And, and and you had a kind of an added feature uh, real quickly, Luke. Tell people what they can do on Monday night now. 
You can actually watch Peyton and Eli Manning, and they will just sit there and talk football and joke and tell stories. They had Travis Kelsey on, and, and most of the fourth quarter and overtime, they had Russell Wilson on. It was phenomenal, and that's the way I watch Monday Night Football going forward. It was awesome. The Raiders beat the a really, really good Baltimore team it's last his, night. It's his new team, Kelly. I'm a Raider, he's, Kelly. He's jumping on the, the fan. <laughs> well, he's, he's not a true fan then. Um but, you know, it's It's still America. He oh, he man. said he was a man without a team, but we had to right. remind him that he actually is cheering for an actual, quote, literal football team. Yeah, literally. He was a man without a team with a team without a name. Literally. That's <laughs> literally. That sounds like a good movie. But, yeah, literally, yeah, that is the truth. All right, uh, Troy, play-by-play announcer Barry McKnight and Patrick McGee on the show tomorrow. We hope you'll join us. And we're going to give away more tickets. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.